0: Well, Happy New Year! And I want to give a shout-out, Happy New Year, Gateway Central, and Gateway South, Gateway Branson, and those of you joining us online. And I just have to say, I am so excited about the series, Adulting. We're going to talk about growing up emotionally. And, you know, uh, we assume that we grow up physically and intellectually, and we just automatically grow up emotionally. But, you know, to grow up physically... You have to pay attention to what you eat, right? And you have to exercise and rest. And to, to grow up intellectually, you have to feed your mind and, and, and exercise, right? And, and yet people assume that, you know, we grow up emotionally just because time has passed. But that's not true. And we've all seen evidence of it, right? I mean, you, you, you've seen the 40-year-old man, you know, who is constantly clamoring for attention, trying to get everybody to notice how successful he is. Just like little kids bragging about who's goodest or bestest, right? Or the 35-year-old woman who still acts like a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old emotionally, right? <laughs> you know, she, she judges her worth on based on her looks compared to other people, right? And, and she's got a little clique of friends who help her feel good about herself, or how about, how about the 55-year-old man who still throws temper tantrums, just like in the sandbox when he doesn't get his way, except now he's a CEO with lots of employees. And you know, there are Christians who think that just because they've sat in church for years or just because they've read a lot of the Bible, they've automatically grown up emotionally. It's just not true. You know, you can, you can sit in church for years, you can know the Bible inside and out, and yet still be controlled by people-pleasing and pride and self-promotion and envy and insecurity and defensiveness, easily get your feelings hurt, have a lack of confidence because you never grow up emotionally. And spirituality and emotional growth really are never meant to be disconnected. Now, this is why we say no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed is really the hope of growth, of growing up. But growing up means you have to stop pretending that you're perfect and, and care more about honesty. Growing up means that you care more about what God thinks than what others think. Growing up means that you care more about reality than about pretense. Growing up means you care more about who you're becoming than what other people think. And that's what we're really going after in this next series. We're going to take an honest look at ourselves. We're going to try to no longer defend ourselves or excuse ourselves or try to prove ourselves. Because you know what? We don't need to anymore. Amen. You know, Jesus came to bring life and freedom so that you don't need any of that. Jesus said it this way in, in John 10.10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, lacking nothing. And it says in Galatians 5 1, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So stand firm and don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So that's what our goal is in this series. Okay, time out for a second. So, what's with the thought bubbles? (laughs) Well, today we're talking about how to grow up into your true self, how to grow up with a secure identity. And all these thought bubbles that you've been seeing, they are the thoughts or the lies that keep us from growing into our our true selves. See, we all have these thoughts of of ego and people-pleasing, of fears, of insecurities, of doubts, of defensiveness, of envy, all these thought bubbles that prop up a false sense of who we really are, of our identity. But they just stunt our growth. And so today, we're going to go after how do we find a secure foundation for our identity. Because that will free us up to do what we need to do next week. Next week, we're going to look at our, our, our past and our families of origin and where we need to let go of patterns that we grew up with emotionally there so that we can truly become sons and daughters of God emotionally. And I'm going to walk you through a genogram, my own, so you can identify some of those. And then the third week, we're going to talk about pain and how, how pain is a part of growth. And unfortunately, how many of us will not grow up until the pain gets unbearable. But just like when you're trying to grow physically strong, no pain, no gain, it's much better to dive into the pain and grow through it. And then the last week, that's going to set us up to look at emotional healthy relating patterns. So to start off today, I want us to do a little self-assessment. Okay, And this comes from the book that this series is based on called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. It's in your next steps. I would highly recommend it. Now, as we do this, uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just assess where you are. And I'm going to talk about the difference between an emotional infant, an emotional child, an emotional adolescent, and an emotional adult. All right? And just assess yourself, right? Don't judge yourself. That won't do any good. That'll just keep you stuck. And no spousal judgment either, okay? No no ribbing. But, but instead, realize you can actually grow up as an adult in some areas emotionally and in other areas because of what happened to you maybe as a kid, your growth got stunted. So just identify, where are those areas that I need to grow up? And that will chart, help you chart a path toward greater freedom in life. And remember, that's God's goal for you. Okay, so emotional infants look for others to care for them. Uh, they have great difficulty enter in, entering into the world of others. They're driven by the need for instant gratification. And they use others as objects to meet their needs. Emotional children are content and happy as long as they get what they want. Unravel quickly when, from stress, disappointments, and trials. Interpret disagreements as personal offenses. Are easily hurt. Complain, withdraw, manipulate, take revenge, and become sarcastic when they don't get their way. Have great difficulty. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Complain, withdraw, manipulate, take revenge. I already said that. <laughs> uh forget where they are, no, <laughs> have great difficulty calmly discussing their needs and wants in a loving, mature way. Okay, emotional adolescence. they tend to be defensive, they're threatened and alarmed by criticism, they keep score what they give so that they can ask for something in return later, they deal with conflict poorly, often blaming, appeasing, gossiping, pouting, or ignoring the issue entirely. They become preoccupied with themselves easily. They have great difficulty truly listening to another person, especially their pain, disappointments, or needs. And they're often critical and judgmental. All right, now emotional adults, and and listen carefully because this is our goal. This is where we're trying to go. Are able to ask for what they need, want, and prefer clearly and directly and honestly. Recognize, manage, and take responsibility for their own thoughts and feelings. Can, even under stress, state their own beliefs and values without becoming adversarial. Respect others without having to change them. Give people room to make mistakes and not be perfect. Appreciate people for who they are, the good, the bad, and the ugly, not just for what they can give back. Accurately assess their own limits, strengths, and weaknesses, and can freely discuss them with others are deeply in tune with their own emotional world and therefore can enter into the thoughts and feelings and needs of others, and this is key, without losing themselves, have the capacity to resolve conflict maturely and negotiate solutions that take into account the perspectives of others. All right, that's what we're shooting for. And if you will stick with us for these four weeks and if you'll do the work that's on the next steps, Four weeks from now, you will be an emotionally healthy adult. And then in the next four weeks, we're going to tackle world peace and world hunger. And we'll solve that too. Yeah. Yeah. So a little word of warning. No, you will not grow up into an emotionally healthy adult in four weeks. (laughs) But you will have a, a map and some first steps. And that's what we have to realize. It's a lifelong journey growing up emotionally. So what are the first steps? Well, the first step is being secure in who am I? Your identity. You know, it it tells us in Scripture to put off the old self and put on the new self, this new identity. Look at how it says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So this says there's an old self and a new self, this true self who God created you to be, and we have to understand the the difference between the two. Now, most people hear that, and they read, in righteousness and holiness. And they think, oh man, if I trust myself to God, he's going to make me into something I don't want to be. Like, I'm going to lose myself. You know, I'm going to have to become some nun or monk or priest or Maude or Ned Flanders or something like that, right? And, and you don't want to become something that you feel uncomfortable being. And so you, you turn away from God and you stay stuck in the old self. But nothing could be further from the truth. God wants you to become more of yourself than you have ever imagined being. More comfortable with yourself, more confident in yourself. When it says righteous like God, righteous just means right related. To God, to yourself and to others and to the world. And holy just means set apart. It means unique, special. That is how God created you, you are unique. And when you become your true self as God created you to be, you're finally fully secure, fully confident, fully loved, fully valued, you come alive. You're yourself like you were supposed to be, finally comfortable in your own skin, with your looks, your abilities, your limits, your challenges, and your gifts. And then you are free to be yourself. You're free from people's judgment, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to prove yourself. You don't need anything because you're confident in who you are. And that's God's goal for you. Can you imagine it? You know, Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 4.3. As for me, it matters very little how I might be evaluated by you or by any human authority. I don't even trust my own judgment on this point. My conscience is clear, but that doesn't prove I'm right. It's the Lord himself who will examine me and decide. See, there is incredible freedom in in realizing you are free from the judgment of others. You don't even judge yourself. You leave all judgment up to God. You trust him for that. You trust God's judgment in your worth and your value and his judgment about your deeds and your motives and your actions. And and understanding the difference in the two is very important because God wants our true self to be based on who he says we are, not on our deeds, motives, or actions. Now, those are important, but not to prove who we are, but because of who we are. So the old self, that thought bubble self, bases its identity and security and worth on what we do or what we have or what others think. And if we feed that old self, that human-centered, insecure identity grows. If we feed the new self, the God-centered, secure identity grows. I mean, just think about it by by analogy, you know? What I feed my physical body uh, is is what I become, right? You are what you eat, which is why I am a chocolate-covered almond. (laughs) So my, uh, my sugar-free 2016 lasted uh, about nine months until the fall, and then I fell off the wagon, I'll admit. Uh, and think about it like this, you know, what we eat affects us. Think about a little kid. What if a little kid only ate chocolate and Twinkies and gummy bears? His physical growth is gonna stop, right? His growth is gonna be stunted. And, and as a kid... If your soul and your spirit were only fed toxic lies about your identity and your worth, and if that's what you keep feeding your your heart, your soul, and your mind, you know, things like, I'm valued because I'm good. Or I'm worthless because I've done wrong. Or I'm important because look how successful I am. Or I'm great, look what I have. Or I'm significant because people notice me. But all these are lies. They're toxic food to your soul that keep you emotionally and spiritually immature. But you can feed your soul and your spirit with the truth, with what God says is true about who he created you to be, not based on what you do, did, or will do, but based on what he says. And then you don't have to prove your identity. The things you do good, you do because of who you are, not to prove who you are. Now, the book of Ephesians has a lot to say about our new self. It's a great book to feed this, your, your, your soul and your spirit on. Look at what it says in Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Why? For we are God's masterpiece. That's who you are. He created us new in Christ Jesus to do the good things he planned for us long ago. So salvation just means being set right with your creator, with the one who created you, and it's not a result of what you do, did, or will do, or won't do. It's a gift from God by grace. Grace just means something you didn't deserve. So God sent Jesus to pay for all your wrongs and mine so that he could be just when he forgives and takes back anyone who wants to come back to him. And and why does he do this? Well, because you are a masterpiece in his eyes. He created you in his image and you are a work of art to him. That's what he sees when he sees you. He already sees who he created you to become and you are his masterpiece. Now, so much of our sinful behavior comes from these thought bubbles of insecurity that are are meant to keep us feeling insecure and unloved and devalued because then we can be manipulated to turn away from God and to hurt ourselves and, and each other. And so we have to die to what the world says to base our identity on. And we have to begin to find new confidence in who God says we are because then we can love God, we can love ourselves, and we can love others in more unselfish ways. Now in the next steps that you can get on the way out today or online, um, there's this uh, exercise based on Ephesians 1 and, and 2 about how to feed this new identity. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul lays out the goal of doing this kind of exercise and look at what it is. I pray that from, his, from God's glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down deep into God's love and keep you strong. See that? And may you have power To understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how deep and how high his love is. And may you experience this love of Christ, though it's too great for you to imagine. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. That's what God wants for you. Have you ever imagined that's what he wants for you? He wants you to have that kind of deep rooted inner strength and confidence of how loved you are by love himself so that it gives you a power within based on what God says about you, your worth, your lovability, and your identity will then be made complete. Can you say that yet? You know, think about it. Can can I say I lack nothing? I need nothing. I don't need to defend myself when people attack me. I don't need to blame others for wrongs I do. I don't need to prove I'm good or I'm selfless or I'm important or anything. I am complete. Can you say that? That's the goal of maturity when your identity is mature. And then you start to experience the fullness of life and power that come from God. Now notice all of this is based not on what you do, did, or have done, or will do. It's based on who God created you to be, what he says is true. Now here's the key. We all face three thought bubble temptations that attack our identities and try to manipulate us out of insecurity to keep us insecure so it can manipulate us to sin against God and each other. And and guess what? Jesus was tempted with the same three thought bubble accusations against his identity. So we can learn from him. It's interesting. When Jesus, he hadn't done anything ministry-wise. And he was just beginning his public ministry. He goes and he gets baptized. And when he comes up out of the water, God the Father affirms his identity. Says, a voice from heaven said this. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Okay? Identity affirmed, brings great joy before he'd done anything. Now, Jesus is led into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and preparation for for the ministry to come. And when he he gets weak, then he gets tempted with these accusations. Now, I want you to think about which of these accusations tend to work best on you so that you can start to reject those and feed your soul and spirit uh, with what God says is true. So temptation one, I am what I do, performance, okay? I am what I do. So the devil says to to Jesus, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread, all right? Now, first of all, let me just say uh, Satan or the devil, Satan just means accuser, And notice how every temptation starts with an accusation against your identity. If you are the son of God. Well, he knows he's the son of God. God just affirmed he was the son of God. But that doesn't stop him from the accusation, if you are, then prove it. Ever heard those kind of thought bubbles? If you're a real man, then you'll fill in the blank. If you're really a woman worthy of love, if you're a real woman, then you'll fill in the blank. And see, these accusations against our identity are trying to keep us insecure to manipulate us to do something outside of God's will. Now, for Jesus, he had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. Uh, There's nothing wrong with meeting your needs of hunger, but it wasn't God's timing. So he's trying to get him to go outside of God's timing. So do you find yourself with those thought bubble accusations trying to get you to prove your your worth or your identity based on what you do? And so you set your sights on performance or accomplishments. Try to make a name for yourself, right? If I can just hit that target of success, if I can just get to the next level of income or that magic amount in savings or that next big win or promotion, then I'll be somebody. Then I'll feel great about myself. Well, friends, that is a false, that's just propping up a false identity, an insecure identity. Now, I'll be honest with you, this is where I've struggled the most in my life. Uh, We all have areas that we struggle, and for me, it's always been performance or accomplishment. And, you know, as, as I was growing up, and in my 20s and 30s especially, I could never accomplish enough and I was always out there trying to accomplish more, 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 more. And if I ever stopped and thought about where I should be by now, I just sank emotionally because it was never enough. And it caused me for many years to redline. It caused me to use people to get goals met. And, and I, it, it came, it was rooted in my family of origin. And next week, I'll show you how to go back and look with a genogram at these patterns and which patterns we need to keep and which patterns we need to turn from. But I had to exercise against those lies that I was worthless if I wasn't doing more. I had to learn how to take captive those thoughts and bring the truth in and listen to it and be still and rest in what God said. Exercise against the lie and rest in what God says is true. So here are some signs that you get your identity from performance. If you feel extra good about yourself when things are going up and to the right, But when things are going down and to the left or you're not meeting expectations, you feel horrible about yourself. Good sign. Or if your feelings about your worth fluctuate based on circumstances like net worth or title or accomplishments, that's a good sign. You've got to shed that false old self and you've got to get at this new secure identity based on what God says. Now, the way Jesus fights against us, he quotes Deuteronomy 8.3. So he, he quotes scripture, he holds on to what is true, and that's what you've got to do as well. You've got to exercise against the lie by holding on to what's true, eating, feeding your soul with what's true, and resting in that. And then you'll know who you are and be free to do good for the right reasons. All right, second temptation. I am what others think, Popularity. You know, some of us find ourselves aiming at trying to please people, but that's the wrong target too. You know, Satan uh, invited Jesus to go up to the highest point of the temple, the most crowded area, and throw himself down saying, the angels will save you and then everyone will see who you are, okay? And, and uh, he says this, uh, if you are the son of God, jump off, for the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you. Now again, notice the accusation, the thought bubble, if you are, see, if you are the son of God. Again, Jesus knew who he was, but that doesn't stop evil from attacking our identity. Evil knows you are a child of God, but it's not going to stop him from attacking how you feel about yourself. Now when your identity is based on what other people think, you know, it's going to be really hard to push against that. You know, for Jesus, the temptation was to get others to see his identity. If the angels rescue him, they see who he is and he won't have to suffer. He won't have to go to the cross and die. And the same is true for you. If you get your identity from people pleasing, it's going to feel like dying when you disappoint them. But that's the path you've got to take. It's gonna feel like you're losing yourself to, to, to go against what they want you to do. But that is the path God has for you for freedom and for life. And again, that's his goal. Paul said it this way. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. When we grow up, we no longer need to please people. And here's a sign that you need to grow up in this area. If if how people feel or think about you ends up being how you feel or think about yourself, good sign. This is an area to grow up. Or another sign is if you carry a lot of shame. Okay, now shame is not the same thing as guilt. Guilt can be good. You do something wrong, the Holy Spirit will convict you with guilt about that action. If you lie, you may feel guilty that you lied. Why? Why? So you won't lie, (laughs) okay? So you'll change your actions. Shame is different. Shame makes you feel bad about yourself based on what you do or what others think about you. And God wants to set you free from that shame-based identity. And so again, Jesus answers by quoting scripture. And that's what we've gotta do. We've gotta hold on to what God says is true until we truly believe it and live out of it. So true freedom comes when you no longer need to be somebody special in other people's eyes. You don't need to because you know that you are special and loved and good enough in the eyes of God. All right, temptation three, I am what I have, possessions. So it says that Jesus was taken up to see all of the wealth and power of the earth and, and Satan basically says, look around. You're worthless. You don't have enough. Look, look, you don't have anything. Look at what everybody else has. You know, how can you think you're somebody? You need all of this. Follow me and I'll give it all to you. And that was the temptation. And it's the same for us. You know, you're nobody. And Satan plays on that fear and that insecurity based on comparison to others. Look at that house she lives in. If you were really worth something, you would have a house like that. And as a result, envy-driven, insecure identity gets manipulated. Look at what he has. Until you have a net worth at least like that, until you make more or have more or drive more, you're not worth anything. And he tries to get you to base that, your identity, on what you have or don't have compared to others. But again, it's a false sense of identity, it's insecure identity. So where do you find yourself most tempted? In, in performance or in, in what people say or in, in what you have? Well, God wants to grow you up into something more secure. To shed the old self more and more of those thought bubbles that come against your identity and to put on this new self until you feel complete and confident and loved and valued and secure. Okay, so here's an exercise to help you do that. You know, in, in biblical times a person's name meant something. Now, I remember when we were naming my, my son, uh, Justin, we went and got one of those etymology books that tells you the, the meaning of names. And, and Justin means uh, the one who does right, uh, the, the just one or the one who does right. Now, we had actually picked another name until we found out it means smelly hair. <laughs> So, so, we decided it would do him more good to say, You are just and the one who does right, than you are the one with smelly hair. <laughs> that would come along in fifth or sixth grade anyway. <laughs> so, a name in biblical times was associated with an identity. Do you know that Jesus, the name Jesus, means salvation? That's what it means. And so, to God, a name, the fullness of a name, is the fullness of an identity. Now, look. At what Jesus says. This powerful thing he says in the book of Revelation. That one day when you stand before him. To those who are victorious. Okay when it's all said and done. I will give each of them. A white stone. With a new name written on it. Known only to the one who receives it. Think about that. There's a day coming. When the God who revealed his identity through Jesus, so that you would know how much you are of value to him, enough value to lay down what's most important to us, a life, that God is gonna one day show you who he created you to be, your true name. And then you're going to know yourself like you never have before. And never again will you ever feel insecure or unsure or lacking or ugly or insignificant or incomplete or worthless or needy or unloved. Because you will know who you are as God already knows you. Now the thing is, we don't have to wait to grow up more and more into that identity And so that's why we gave you a white stone and a marker when you came in. If you didn't get one, you can get one on the way out. But this is to do a a little exercise to remind you who you truly are. And that only God ultimately knows. And that's why we've got to look to him for our sense of security in who we are and our identity. And so the idea is as this this next song plays at the different campuses, as, as they play this song... I want you to take this white rock and, and there are going to be some words uh, that, and some scripture passages from Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 that are going to come up on the screen. And maybe there's a particular word that you need to hold on to that God says is true about you, that pushes against those lies, those false identities. Write it on here and write the, the, the scripture passage that says it's true. And put this somewhere that where you can remind yourself, this is who I am. And push against that old self, that false identity. I'm going to turn it over to our campuses now. And I want you to just think and meditate on that. And write that one word on here. And all of this is going to be on our next steps as well if you don't catch it all as it comes up on the screen.